Hey, everybody, welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insiders Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback and radio analyst for the Golden Bears. Today, we're talking about Washington State. We're going to break down the Cougs just a little bit. They are in a slide of recent. We're going to talk about Cal and what's going on there as well. I'll talk to Justin Wilcox coming up here shortly, and we'll get a feel for the game coming up this weekend. But I'm, I'm still kind of processing that Oregon loss. A good football team, Oregon, you know, they're a road grader right now. I think there's a good chance that Washington and Oregon meet up in the Pac-12 championship and that Oregon knocks the Huskies off. So uh, it is, it's a still a tough one here because it exposed some issues in terms of injuries that the Bears have uh, at the running back spot. Jay Knott, obviously, uh, is the feature back for the Bears, and he was not allowed to come back in and play for that second half of that game. And then you have Isaiah Fonse, who has been out. You have now Javian Thomas, who is out. You have Ashton Shreddick, who is who has uh, been forced into a lot of action there as well. And so you have some guys that have to step up at that spot. You also have linebackers missing, which is this week, it, it doesn't hurt you as bad versus Washington State because they like to throw the ball. They don't have a running game at all. But you have some dudes, you know, Jackson Sermon being chief amongst them, who really matter to this team, and they are out as well. And so they're trying to fill some spots there. But Oregon was just able to expose Cal's defense at so many levels uh, in terms of speed, up front, their blocking, all of that. And Cal's offense was never really able to get anything going. And when they did, they, they couldn't finish a lot of that. So it was a it was a tough game. Oregon's a good football team for sure. And the Bears need to right themselves against Washington State. Uh, there's been, obviously, the defense has not been great this year. A bunch of injuries, as I talked about. One of the things that you notice if you look at stats is that Pac-12 has three teams that are all in the top four in the country in scoring. Uh, and Cal has played all three of them. So it's Washington, Oregon, and USC. And so those three teams will expose a lot of teams, and they have. Uh, there's some good offensive football being played in the Pac-12 right now. It's a crazy year to be a defensive coordinator if you have to play those three teams. And, I mean, even Arizona is getting it going right now. Oregon State is very effective up front. So you've got some teams on offense that are uh, pretty magical right now in this conference. And so it is tough to coordinate. Okay, all that said, let's talk about this game coming up. Washington State, the Cougars, what is going on with them? They started off a season 4-0, got to number 13 in the country in terms of a national ranking. And since then, they have been in a tailspin. They have lost five games in a row. Oregon, uh, They beat Oregon State, which was a huge win for them. But they lost to UCLA. They lost ugly, 44-6 to Arizona. Uh, they lost to Oregon. So they've lost some good teams. And then just recently, last week, they lost to Stanford 10-7, to where they had the lead at halftime. And then they didn't. They got blanked in the second half, didn't score, and Stanford was able to finish it uh, with a field goal to win that game. And in that game, they had four net yards of rushing, which is anemic. It was a monsoon. So their offense, which is predicated on passing the ball, that air raid style with Cam Ward pulling the trigger, still was unable to run the ball in the rain, and that is a tough one. If you are a defensive coordinator, your goal is to put that offense into a situation where they have to run the football. Don't let them pass. Make them run it, and then tackle the run. Let's talk about some personnel. I talked about quarterback Cam Ward. 
He is a playmaker. I, I think he is for a coach, if you're a quarterback's coach and an offensive coordinator, he's about 70%. I love this guy. And 30%, I want to pull my hair out with this guy because he can be very frustrating uh, as a quarterback coach in terms of some of the things that he does back there in the pocket. You watch him on film and he can make a fantastic play from time to time, but then he'll be off his reads. He'll be off his keys and it drives you. It could drive you insane as a coordinator. Uh, he has some special tools. He can really sling the ball. He has an almost magic ability to escape pressure, to get out and to uh, create time. Not necessarily a big downfield rusher like the Marcus Mariota type, but he creates so much time holding back, staying behind the scrimmage, looking for a shot downfield. Uh, does a nice job of just creating time and space as a quarterback. And so that part is fantastic if you're a coordinator. But when he gets off his reads early, when he misses his reads, and then uh, when he does things that are off design, um, it, it, it can drive you a little bit crazy. He's been pretty good in terms of his percentage. Uh, he's 240 for 349, uh, four interceptions. So he's, he's not giving the ball away at a big clip. It's not like he's turning the ball over for them to get these losses. Uh, almost 2,800 yards passing. Uh, but he's been sacked 25 times too. And so that's a part of their problem. You're letting your quarterback get hit that much. You're going to get yourself in trouble. They have also, by the way, turned the ball over 13 times through fumbles. Um, or excuse me, they've, they've fumbled the ball 13 times, but they've lost it seven times. So they are upside down in the turnover takeaway ratio right now as well, which is tough. Some other guys you're going to see on offense, uh, number five, Lincoln Victor, quick little slot receiver. He is a guy that they move around, they put in stack, they'll get him in a bunch, and he can make you miss in a phone booth just super quick. He's got some top end speed, but he gets open, runs great routes. He's very sudden in his movements. He's a number one receiver in the Pac-12 right now, 8.1 catches per game. He has uh, 65 receptions, 639, and four touchdowns. He's a good one to keep your eye on. Kyle Williams, number three, or excuse me, number two for them, is incredibly fast. He is their speed top-end guy. Maybe not the most natural catcher, has a couple drops, but he gets open because he's got speed, so he will stretch you vertically. He's got 48 catches. He is the, the home run hitter, uh, four touchdowns, 654 yards receiving as well. And then uh, Josh Kelly's the third. He's 38 receptions, but he has eight touchdowns. So a good football player at that receiver spot. He's the guy that is finding the end zone, uh, getting in. Uh, Nakia Watson, their main running back, is a beast. He is a transfer from Wisconsin. But like I said, they don't run the ball very much. So he's more of a target in space with the football, on the bubble routes, on the screens, those kind of things that they use as their running game. In their first four games, when they were winning, they were averaging 46.8 points per game. So they were scoring lights out. Their last five games, they've averaged 16.2 yards per game. Now that Stanford game plays into it a little bit uh, with, you know, they're playing in a monsoon. But they are not being productive. The other stat that I think is killing them offensively is their first four games, they were 62% on third down conversion. So they were really efficient, staying on the field and able to score. And since they've been 28%, which is anemic. 
in terms of third down conversions. So that is a tough one. If you are a defense and the offense cannot convert, you're going to get yourself in trouble out there because you keep turning that ball over, which causes problems uh, for that defense who has to get back on the field. They tire down. And the more shots that you give an offense, the better opportunity they're going to have to score. And so Washington State's uh, offense has not been effective on third downs. So that's a look at their offense. Defensively, they are essentially structurally a single high or post safety team. So they like to play their main coverages are cover one, which is a man coverage, coverage, and cover three, which is a zone coverage. One, you have a single safety high, you're playing man across the board underneath. Whereas three, you have three guys playing high zones, though everybody plays it as three match. So it kind of turns into cover one. Um, and they protect the verticals with the outside backer and the strong safety or the nickel Sam and the strong safety, nickel will, whatever. Um, and they have those guys run through the verticals with that for match. But uh, there's a lot of rules in three. Man, it's more like, that's my dude. I'm going to cover him. And so you just play it that way. You have to have plays in your offense for both. To beat zone, to beat man versus these guys. They will mix in some split safety looks or middle field open looks. So that's like cover two, cover four. And then they will play some junk on top of that. Like they'll play robber where you hang a guy in the middle at 12 yards looking up routes. They'll play one rat or one hole where they put a guy down in the hole so you can't throw your shallow crosses, your meshes, those kind of things. Um, and so they'll, they'll play some junk. And then they like to bring pressure from various spots. Their top pressures, they will bring uh, double A gap or double B gap pressures with their linebackers. So traditional dogs where your linebackers are both hitting on either side of the center, tough to pick up. Um, if you sort it out, you can stone them at the line of scrimmage, but physical, good, strong push inside, right in your quarterback's lap. He sees it coming. It can be a little bit unnerving. Your, uh, they run, bring double B as well. So outside that gap, next gap over. And so you'll see some of that. You, you will see Sam and Will, so strong safety or excuse me, strong outside linebacker and will weak outside linebacker coming on blitz as well. Uh, they'll give you looks like that. They'll give you what's called a stab or safety fire from the field. They'll give you safety fire from the boundary. And then the cat, which is a corner blitz, they will do a ton of cat. I think they do more uh, corner blitzes than any team I've seen so far this year. So they're going to mix it up. They're going to bring some stuff at you. They're going to throw some junk at you and make you try to sort it out. They're top dudes on defense. Number 10, Ron Stone Jr. He's a guy who I feel like he has been there since I was a senior. Like he's just been there forever. And he's a really good football player, a really good edge guy. He's got six tackles for loss, three uh, sacks, and 11 quarterback hurries. That said, he hasn't had a sack in the last four games. So there's some kind of drought going on with him. Um, the teams are figuring him out. On the other side, they have Brennan Jackson, kid out of Temecula, California. Uh, he has seven tackles for loss, five sacks, also a very good edge rusher, much like Utah. I think similar in the regard to the edge guy from Utah was. And he is just relentless, tough to bring down, good speed, good hands, very smart, a very uh, good player. Their inside guys are okay. I'm not overly um, impressed with their inside guys. They, they, take up space and they can be physical and they can push 
but they're not dominant inside by any means, not like Oregon's guys were. Um, so I, I think there's an opportunity to run the ball inside with that. At linebacker, they're a little undersized. Uh, they do run to the ball. They'll run and hit. Kyle Thornton, one of their linebackers, uh, a big guy, leads the team in tackles, 65 tackles, a good football player in there. And they can cover down the outside. They're playing man, so they can cover uh, decently well on the outside. But I do think there's opportunities for the Bears to take advantage of it on offense. And so I think if you protect the passer, you figure out a way to protect the passer, you can make some plays. Now, that said, the Bears obviously dealing with injuries, A, at the running back spot, some injuries at the receiver spot, uh, offensive line this time of year is always nicked up. And so we'll see what they're able to do to put on the field. I think they'll match up pretty well um, in 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. I think they can be physical with Washington State. I think they may have to go to it. So we shall see when they hit the field on Saturday. But uh, I had a chance to talk to Coach Wilcox earlier in the week. And he told us about the Cougs, and so we'll listen to that conversation right now. Talk about Washington State for me. They are – Ron Stone Jr. seems like he's been there since 1974. Like, he has been there for so long, and he is such a good edge guy. And they're, they're just good on the edges every time. Having him as a stabilizing factor out there, as a guy who's there all the time, makes that defense, I think, so much better. Talk about their defense, the structure, and some of the personnel. Yeah, four two five nickel. Uh, pretty heavy single high team, man and zone, a uh, little bit of split safety, um, some movement up front to cut up some runs. Those edge players are really good. 10 and 80 stone, like, just like you said, he's been there forever. Um, uh, but those guys are, are playmakers for him. And, uh, you got to do a great job of getting bodies on them and helping, you know, in the run game, pass game, not soloing up people too many times on those guys. Uh, but they are aggressive, and when they get aggressive, you have to create some separation, create some explosives, because they're not going to give you a bunch of easy pitching catch throws. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to say, is, that, is they want to come after the passer, right? They're going to create pressure with their edge guys, but they're going to create pressure in other ways as well, which means they get isolated outside. How do you, on offense, create separation for your receiver? It's been one of the things this year as a quarterback I look at, and I think, hmm, would yep. love to see more separation. Uh, uh, yeah. For, for, Fernando throws a phenomenal back shoulder ball. Yeah. But not every ball should be a back shoulder ball. How how do you create that separation? Well, I think there's two things. I mean, there's this flat out speed and be able to run away from somebody. And then there's also the route things where if we're going to have to uh, stacks and bunches mm -hmm. and crossers, if they're playing man, that you're running away, you get, you get leverage by, you know, they line up outside leverage, you run away from it, you know, on meshes and things like that. So I think it's two ways. You got to... Uh, you got to run away from them physically, like outrun some guys. And if, if we're having a hard time doing that, then we got to do it scheme wise with stacks and bunches and, you know, crossers. And like I said, that they will change it up. They'll play you in man and then they'll light, light up and play 3D. So let the, the routes come to them. So I guess combination, um, obviously you're looking for both, you know, when you have the ability to run away from people and also settle down and play in zone is, is key. So we'll, we'll need to do that this weekend. And then offensively, we flip the ball and, Cam Ward is a guy who can be their greatest asset and greatest strength and can also be their biggest weakness out there in the way he plays the game. Talk about defending a quarterback like that who can be lights out, unbelievable, and then can also be a guy who makes mistakes, right? Can be yeah. a guy who, who does things wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, we're expecting his best game. You know, that's how we always approach it. We're going to get his best game, and he's a very talented passer. Uh, we do need to, at times, make sure that we're getting the ball out of his hand, you know, whether it's four-man, five-man, or six-man pressures. Um, so we don't let him sit around because he will. He'll buy time, and, you know, we'll have to do some of that too where we will we have to rush him with four or maybe we'll max drop him just to change the picture. Um, but uh, you want to change the picture on him, and then you want to pick and choose your ties where you, you go and get the ball out of his hands because he's a very, very gifted, just natural passer. I suspect – He's been able to throw the ball like that, you know, since he was a kid. Just yeah. like it looks so natural for him when he throws it. And, and you can see that in guys because there's an ease to them, right? They're out there and it's just there's an ease with what I do. I can do it from almost any position. He's just a natural thrower of the ball and naturally accurate that way. Talk about some of their skill guys on the outside. Who are the tough matchups? Yeah, I like the slot guys really good. Um, they got all really all three of their receivers uh, are talented. And we recruited uh, – couple of those guys coming out um and uh and or as transfers but they got speed the, the running back is a good player so they got weapons um on offense and you know that's why they move the ball so well and they got a, a great passer back there so you know they're scoring points and they think they're still a you know a top teams in the country throwing the football yeah, once again, similar systems in terms of offensively, same, same, you know, family tree of the offense. Talk about how much of a difference it makes that you've had a chance to kind of be in depth with that on your staff now. Yeah, I think you see it every day. It's not, I mean, it's again, they, they come from the same tree, but it's a different branch, you know, so they do certain things more or less. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody in our conference, as you know, Mike, there's, there's good scheme all over. Um, does it help? in practice in spring and fall, maybe seeing formations and some pass concepts that you might see during the season. Cer certainly it does. Um, but you still got to go defend it. And, uh, you know, they'll have, as a quarterback, you know that, well, you can play single high, but if you play single high, I'm going over here. If you play split safety, I'm going over there. And ultimately it comes out of the execution of the play because there's not a lot of times you just kind of trick everybody either side of the ball. Yeah, and, and it used to be that, you know, that air raid system, it was the option piece of it that just drove everybody crazy because everything looked different all the time. But kind of having an understanding with your guys seeing that, that's kind of the point that I think of is that as a defense, if you can push people to do what you want them to do, to understand what you want, and you can, you know, project and used to be the directional rush with the, you know, gap exchange and those kind of things. Now in the secondary, I think teams are starting to adjust to it. It's, it changes the game and the offense, much like the 46 or the bear defense used to be, it used to be unstoppable. And now guys are getting a better handle on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the, uh, as you mentioned, the, the past game that uh, a lot of these guys come from, there, there are decisions to make at receiver and there's, uh, you know, running away from leverage or vertical sits. And so seeing some of that and understanding just because the guy released vertical and it looks the same as last play, well, if you're playing too high on him, he's just going to stop. And you're going to turn around. So I think kind of understanding that, that you don't win just because you identified the stem of the route. Like you have to continue to play it throughout the down. Yeah. And being in phase is a whole nother ball game these yeah. days in terms of a DB. Coach, I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to the game this week. An opportunity once again to kind of get after it and add one win to the, uh, to the belt so that you get that bowl eligibility coming up. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Well, that is head coach Justin Wilcox, and Bears have their eyes on a prize. They have a bowl game that they're trying to fight for here. And 
uh, it would be huge to salvage that at this point in the season for them to come out and swing. And so getting the team geared up, fired up to make that happen uh, is essential. And it's got to start with this game. They This team provides you an opportunity. They are one-dimensional on offense. They throw the ball. They cannot run it. Uh, defensively, you know what they do. It shows up on film. You can take advantage of it. So if you can find your matchups and make it happen, then you stand a chance to win. You're at home. You have you know home field advantage. You've been working on this game. And so this is the day to show up. We'll see what happens on this weekend. But for now, I appreciate you watching. Uh, for Bear Insider, I'm Mike Pulaski. I will catch you later. As always, go Bears.